Nathan, I have this weird feeling. Okay, what do you mean? I I don't know. I just, uh, I feel just kind of odd, kind of a little sweaty. I guess it's a weird mm. feeling. I feel like someone's watching me. Wait a second. That's what we watched this week. Oh, that must be it. <laughs> right. We watched yeah. John Carpenter's 1978 made-for-TV movie. Hey, someone's watching me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this, From 1978, you said already, right? I did. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't right wait to say top. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I before we get deep into this, did you? Oh. We have a sponsor. Oh yeah, we have a, a, a our first sponsor. Okay. Did you know this? Uh, no, I, did, I didn't tell you. So how no. did you? Yeah. This is how so most podcasts I, do it, right? They they do their sponsors <laughs> right up front. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. So. It's the Halloween season, and mm-hmm. you know why don't you tell me um, what's your favorite Halloween candy? My favorite Halloween candy. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I love anything by Brax. Um, I love a good Brax, Swedish okay. fish. Oh, yeah. um, boy, yeah. what if I heard somebody disgustingly no, like, chewing with their mouth open into a microphone? I could probably no. think of what my. Like, f- but what do you think is? No, what do you think is the best? Oh God, the best uh, swallow Halloween candy. <laughs> so disgusting. The best Halloween no. candy. Well, um, yeah. I don't know. I was always happy when I got a, a Snickers or a Twix. Um, okay, I'll give you a clue. Okay, yeah. You tell me what my favorite it's brown. thing is. It's brown. It's brown and chewy. I'm chewy. Okay. Um, uh, Charleston Chew. No, that's white, isn't it? Not, it well, in the middle. The outside is as yeah. brown as can be. Uh, brown. What else is brown and chewy? Uh, a sugar, not a sugar daddy. That is, um, uh, it's in a roll shape. Tootsie rolls. <laughs> yes, yes. This week's episode brought to you by Tootsie rolls. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody! Oh my God. <laughs> 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 That was better than my guess, though, which was skull. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, this is how it starts. Yeah, I know. Are you e- wait? <laughs> where, are you eating one now? Do I need to ask? Is that no, what you're eating? eating? I couldn't. I couldn't find one. I'm eating Airheads. Oh, so they haven't sent you any yet? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm still. Um. Sorry. Oh, please! I'm. I just wanted to do it. I'm begging you to swallow. <laughs> I just want- I just wanted to do an eating candy bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had no... At first I thought... Excuse me. At first I thought, oh, he's going to say Tootsie Roll right out of the gate. No. And this thing immediately ends. I had uh, no idea that you'd go to Charleston Chew. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when somebody says, what's your favorite candy? I don't know who in the world would say uh, Tootsie Roll first. I mean, I no, realize you were doing a bit. Of course, that's but, the uh, first one. Yeah. <laughs> Tootsie Roll's the thing at the very bottom of the bag. It's down there with the pennies and the uh, Christian uh, pamphlets. <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, yeah, and the, ra- and the razored apples. <laughs> 
You know, the worst part about getting the Tootsie Rolls is if they somehow got the fruit-flavored Tootsie Rolls. Like, didn't even have the dignity of being chocolate. They were those weird... You're wrong. Oh, okay. Wow. I was wrong about what my favorite candy was, and I'm wrong about those being (laughs) bad. Those are actually the only good Tootsie Rolls. What? (laughs) Because they don't taste like Tootsie Roll. (laughs) No, they taste like some other disgusting thing. (laughs) But with chocolate should not... (laughs) Chocolate should not be in any form other than its original form. Hmm. I'm trying to think of things that you Which is would chocolate. enjoy that would counter that. So you don't like mean Yoohoo? No. You like you you like Yoohoo? No, I hate Yoohoo. Oh. Do you like chocolate ice cream? Yeah, but that's chocolate in it. Yeah, but Yoohoo has chocolate in it. No, Yoohoo's no, Yoohoo's brown water. It's, it's still, pond water. It's still chocolate. <laughs> There's no milk. It's 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 way. There's no cacao in there. <laughs> There's no there is no cacao. You're right. Cuz yuhus are one of the only things that the vegan kids at high school would get out of the vending machine. Oh, they're vegan? They're vegan. Yeah, cuz it's way. How come it doesn't say that on the bottle? Um, I you want that little elf on the yuhu bottle to have a straight edge tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Write them. This could be big okay. for them. I haven't seen a good Yoohoo yeah. push in a long time. I want him to have like a, a both arms tattoo sleeves. I Well, I agree with that. Um, and of course, with all this candy talk, you of course are listening to Network Special, the, uh, the podcast all about the golden age of appointment-based television, which is an era where you had to watch what was on TV when it was on. There was no second chances. But now, thanks to the magic of the internet, we can watch these TV specials again and again. I, of course, my name is Zachariah, and I'm here with my co-host. Nathan Tootsie Roll Shear. And the Candyman himself, our beloved producer in the booth. Jeremy Demery, hey, hey, hey. There he is, the Candyman can. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes, and it is the Halloween season. Um, so happy early Halloween to you, Nathan. Yeah. We, we are still oh, in the Halloween season, uh, right? Is this dropping? Am I getting this date yes, wrong? I oh, I can't do it. I could not. I, no, no, no. I actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, this may even be like, Thanksgiving that where this goes. No, this won't. No, <laughs> no, this won't be Thanksgiving. I, I will see to that. We are not dropping this on well, Thanksgiving. I'll make sure I bump it up then. I'll, I'll bump it up. Yeah, you bump it up <laughs> because I have. You know, I let's I not <laughs> let's not say it, but you know, I have a very specific need for what Thanksgiving is going to be. What is um, the thing that I I. I'm annoyingly I obsessed with what uh, well, you'll remember whenever I tell you. Actually, Jeremy, can you bleep okay. this out? Wait, Dick yeah. Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't bleep that out now. Okay, well, bleep, bleep, bleep this out. The- oh, duh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, no, but let's let's pretend like we're still Halloween season. We're talking Tootsie Rolls. We're talking Charleston Chews. And of course, we're watching a John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter, uh, the mm-hmm. year 
the same <laughs> the same year that he made the movie Halloween, one of the most um, famous horror movies of all time, one of the most um, uh, profitable independent movies of all time, he made this movie for NBC, Someone's Watching Me, which he wrote and directed, uh, but it was released directly after the theatrical release of Halloween. And boy, really? oh boy, did NBC luck out with that, having the most popular movie <laughs> in theaters, and now they're dropping this Jeez. TV movie that he happened to direct. And it was released in in November, which is very odd they didn't release this horror movie in October. Yeah, well, I think that's in the grand tradition of these Sunday or you know like weeknight or weekday movies where they just unla- unloaded horror <laughs> you know fair across across any time of the year. Yeah. Um now we can give a synopsis but uh why why should I do it with my stumbling words when we can listen to the promo that played in 1978 on NBC and here it is. One week from tonight, she's young, beautiful, successful, and has everything to live for. But someone wants her dead. Hello? I'll find you. I don't give up. Lauren Hutton, David Burney, and Adrian Barbeau star in a chilling tale of suspense and terror. A twisted maniac is at large. Can he be stopped before it's too late? Someone's watching next Wednesday on NBC. Ooh. Zoink, Scoop! <laughs> Chilling. <laughs> That's Casey Kasem, right? As the narrator, the voice over there. Oh, is it? Is he doing his play, serious play, voice? Play it again a little bit. Yeah, play it a little bit. Is it large? Can he be stopped before it's too late? Someone's watching on <laughs> Oh, he's just, he's toning it down. He's getting mysterious. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Casey, man of basically one voice, but he can make it go up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bummer about this movie, though, uh, because I feel like, I don't know if this is true of, uh, if, of every single John Carpenter film, but I feel like this film um, misses out by not having him do the soundtrack. Oof, boy. Big, big agreement here. We have some mm-hmm. real just generic late 70s music yeah. library type of things. Even that little sting that we heard there, I don't even think that that good of a music piece is in this. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely commercial, commercial work. Uh, this is a movie that apparently is based on a true story. And I read that on Wikipedia and there is no connecting article linked to it. So thank you so much to whoever dropped that on Wikipedia. I'd like to know what the actual (laughs) true life version of this is. Um, The, the basic idea for this movie is a young woman moves into a new high rise apartment. There's another high rise apartment across the street and there is a, mysterious creep with a telescope who is spying on her and is uh, intent on driving her mad by calling her constantly sending creepy things to her, making her feel watched at all times uh, Mm -hmm. without ever going into overtly criminal activities that she can get the police on her side, at least at first. So that's what we're doing. It's a, it's a woman in peril. It's voyeuristic. And it stars Lauren Hutton, who is a very famous 
fashion model, and this is kind of one of her first acting roles. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's fine. <laughs> she's doing fine until she has to show emotion. <laughs> Anything other than, like, laughter, she's having a hard time. You know, part of it isn't her fault. I really try to think about the fairness of a script that somebody gets and and how I judge their performance. Because Lauren Hutton has the thing, it's, it's kind of like uh, what we saw in um, uh, Trilogy of Terror, where Karen Black is by herself in the apartment, and they don't want her silent the entire time, so they have her kind of talking to herself a little bit. I get why you have to do that a little. And Lauren Hutton is in her apartment, and uh, she spends a lot of time by herself getting freaked out yeah and like singing like sing-songy you know like doing kind of bits to herself well here's <laughs> you know? here's here's the thing i i can buy that when you live by yourself which i do you will occasionally you know say little comments to yourself or maybe if you get scared by something or or you're yeah. having a big moment you will talk to yourself to kind of uh, ground yourself a little bit what I yeah. don't think you do is walk around giving uh, your life story to nobody. <laughs> when she, <laughs> she's in the beginning scene of the film, she's going in for a job interview later that day. And so she's pretending to talk to her interviewer. But it's like, that's right, sir. My name is Karen Lippenstitz, and I went to this <laughs> high school. Where did you go? Oh, that's interesting. Yes, I do enjoy many hobbies. And she's just giving us the life story. And it's that way kind of through the whole movie, unless she's, you know, breaking down. Yeah, she's doing, she's like rehearsing for this job pass. Like, and it's like, but, the, but constantly, <laughs> even after she got the yeah. job, she's doing it. Yeah. But, you know, she's walking around the house and she's going like, you know, like doing that kind of like. That is herself, my know? favorite where they can't pay for a song for the person to sing. So they have to go like a crazy person. And she goes, she like says, she's like. Lee shouldn't get scared about things. <laughs> you know, like, you know it, it, that, like, I actually don't care about that because I do that stuff to myself. Mm. Uh, and I'm doing bits to myself all the time. <laughs> and so <laughs> I did it today, actually, in the elevator. I have to be back at work. Uh-huh. And uh, they have only two pers- people at a time in, are allowed in the elevator. And they have these two... Um, spots where you're supposed to stand. Yeah. And one of them, like the dot, like your feet are facing forward. Like they show the footprint like a like a dance map, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> Do the safety and, shuffle. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh like the one is in the back corner. And so you just stiff forward. But the other one is right by the buttons. But it is so close to the buttons that if you put your feet on it, your face is touching the the buttons. <laughs> so I'm just so I'm like s- pretending like it's like I'm standing in the thing. Like, <laughs> I'm being safe. <laughs> of course, to no one. No one's laughing. No one's seeing it except myself. Am I right? And our, and the, our the listeners didn't, in my head. Our listeners didn't see your bit either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but they could certainly hear me going. <laughs> right? <laughs> I yeah, they did hear that. <laughs> it was felt too. I felt it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lauren Hutton, man, um, she describes herself as having 
a a unique sense of humor, but I would call that sense of humor <laughs> just telling lies. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just making up stories she's, and then saying, she's, just kidding. She's looking at this apartment <laughs> and this poor guy who's just trying to show an apartment. He's not hitting on her or anything. So I'm like, oh, okay. So this is the apartment. And she goes, oh, well, my, my mother-in-law will, or my mother will like this. And he goes, oh, your mother. And he goes, yeah, she's uh, engaged to an aluminum siding guy. And uh, she's having second thoughts about marrying me. He goes, oh, okay. And she goes, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> that is the the person who thinks I'm just kidding is, is a punchline. Like, like that's the most insufferable person in the world. Yeah, because they get mad at you when you don't laugh. Yes, or they just do it um, to make a fool of you. <laughs> yes, that's like, actually go, more oh, the thing okay. I run into with those people. Yeah. Yes, we're all like you'll be at work. You're like, hey, can I borrow that stamp? And they're like, no, just kidding. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, you got me good. A range of emo- <laughs> a range of emotions here. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be laughing at. Like, what is the like, what's the joke in saying no? I guess it's just opposite day or something. I don't know what's funny. And then I remember at work one time, it made me so mad because then they're. You know, people were asking you about your life, and at the time I was doing comedy, and so they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, you know, doing stand up." They're like, "You? You're not funny. You don't laugh at anything." <laughs> like, and then I, I just started saying, "Well, what does that tell you?" <laughs> did they give just you? A, kidding. Did they give you a double take? <laughs> yeah, they would. They each, each, everyone in a row spit their milk out. <laughs> well, I guess that makes it. Hey. Uh, she (laughs) Lauren Hutton goes to interview to be a television director meaning like a live feed television director at a a network and she Mm -hmm. goes in and apparently your job is the news she's doing a cooking show a live oh that's a live cooking show show because apparently the job interview is they throw you in the control room (laughs) and they tell you to direct a live television program that's going on in 12 seconds man i love the job market in this world (laughs) because i'm looking so hard right now for a job and i would just love for them to be like okay the interview is do this job. And then right. if you do, do it, it, then you get the job. Do it in front of me. <laughs> it's due now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to do that. That's so much easier than all this other crap I'm having to do. But I mean, doing a live television presentation as your immediate job interview is like saying, uh, we're an ad company and we have a big pitch to a major soap corporation. They're in that room. <laughs> Please go sell our ad campaign. <laughs> Well, we we just we just roped the Tootsie Roll account. Nathan, I need you to go in there and improvise a radio commercial. <laughs> Alistair Roll, did I, son of Phineas Roll, is in there. <laughs> did I get the job, Zachariah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you went in there and you said, "What do we know about Tootsie Rolls? Chocolatey, chewy." And then you crossed it the word chocolate brown, and you wrote the word fruity on it. And he goes, "But are they?" I know. I just, I... That was the story of your first job. 
Uh-huh. That's how we got uh, flavored Tootsie Word rolls. for word. Yeah. <laughs> yes, word for word. Uh, <laughs> we meet her new co-workers, Sophie, who is played by mm-hmm. Adrian Barbeau, who became uh, John Carpenter's wife after this movie where they met oh. each other. And uh, Granger Hines, who I don't know from other stuff, but it's Steve. Yeah. Maybe my favorite character in this show, Steve. Uh- Classic horror dog. Yes. Um, definitely one of my top 10 kinds of people. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, get on, get, on, get on the mic for a second. I'm you going, got it. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, pretend that you and I just met on the job. I will repeat, we are on a job <laughs> site and we have just met. And I'm going to, I'm going to. Uh, well, it's a good thing I wore my hard hat today. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk to you uh, the way that Steve immediately talks to Lauren Hutton in this movie. Okay. Hey, uh, Jeremy, what's up? Uh, hey, you want to go get dinner? Sure. Dinner sounds nice. Oh wow, that was easy. <laughs> I guess you what I learned from really there. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> I just learned well, that. Well, now I feel like a floozy. <laughs> I guess just I, my time. I just learned that uh, if you want to ask Jeremy out on a date, it's very easy. <laughs> so easy. He's he he's so easy, and he's committed. <laughs> I mean, you got to eat, right? <laughs> he's betrothed. A meal's a meal. Uh, Steve immediately is just going, "Hey, uh, what do you say? You and I uh, go get dinner? Oh no, thanks. Why not?" <laughs> <laughs> Poor, poor she Steve. the can we talk about um Sophie's character mm. who is in the first I don't know five minutes. Well, is there is there a dimension to her character that you'd like to get into? Yeah, yeah. Is she's revealed to be a lesbian. Right. Right? Yeah. In 1978 mm-hmm. on a network show. What network is this? NBC. NBC. Yeah. And it's and it's just glossed over, like eh, that's cool, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then they move on. Yes, uh, I was waiting for like, uh, like a plot point having to deal with like yeah. she says, like, oh, well, I'm a. I, she goes, uh, she doesn't say I'm a lesbian, but she <laughs> says, oh, my ex, and <laughs> Barbell goes, oh, well, who, what was he like? And she goes, oh, she. Um, but it's it's not. It's just introduced and. Yeah, that's that. And John Carpenter wrote this, so I don't know if he was trying to normalize something or yeah. I don't know. I guess I haven't seen anything from the seventies uh, talking about gay relations that isn't a Three's Company or soap level, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. Well, do you think? Well, can we? Well, you know, she says. Uh, he. What was he like? And she says, "It's a she." And then the girl gives her a look. Lauren Hutton gives her a look, and then she says, "Oh, don't worry, you're not my type." I'm like, "Who's her type? <laughs> <laughs> Who's her freaking type?" Well, then she says, "Just kidding." <laughs> and then she looks at <laughs> and goes, "Yumma, yumma, yumma." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what were we doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's never it's never mentioned again. 
It isn't. Well, uh, can I tell you what I thought was going to be the, the twist? Is so the the idea of this movie is that Lauren Hutton's being harassed by somebody, and you don't see his face. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, oh God, is it going to be Sophie? Is the person across yeah. the street with like a voice modulator, and it's going to be this crazy <laughs> lesbian? No, that's killer. her real. That's her real voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, hey, babe. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking like there was there were multiple times where I kept thinking like, oh, everyone's in on this. Like I was just like, okay, what's the what's this the 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 bad twist going to be? Uh, but I was, you know, surprised to see that there really. Or I was happy to see that there really wasn't a twist to it. It was just a a normal there, situation. Yeah, there is. I mean, I guess we could, we could just say it right now. Like she's harassed by somebody. And like you, the whole time, it's a pretty small cast. And there's a couple characters who just like come and go for one second. There's a guy she turns in at the bar. There's a weird like drifter who kind of goes by her car and is drunk and yelling at her. And so I kept going like, okay. The security guard. The secure, yes. Like, okay, who is it going to be? Who is this dumb reveal going to be? And it's not going to make sense. It's just a random guy. Yeah. Who we haven't met like a gov- a government worker or something. Yeah, but it's not like we haven't yeah. seen him in the the shadows. It's just Yeah. a creep which is very John Carpenter like that's how Halloween works. I mean at least in the first movie there's no mm-hmm. reason Michael Myers kills people. He is just an evil person who needs to be taken care of or like in yeah. um the thing he needs to be loved. Yeah, he needs the power of love. Well, in the in the thing, you've seen the thing, right? With uh, yeah, okay. So um, the the alien in the thing doesn't have a motivation. It no. it just starts killing people, and they need to kill it. Yeah, yeah, it's instinct. Yeah, and at one time I was at one point I was like, oh no, is she? Is this really just an illusion in her mind? Oh god. And she's like gonna kill herself or something, you know? Like I was like, oh no, this is the I was like, has that been done yet in the seventies? Like like what you know, I was just trying to think, like, is this gonna be it? I'm <laughs> I'm sure it was all in her mind is I mean, it has to be a Twilight Zone episode at least. Yeah, yeah. Um because we we left out that the very first scenes of the film is the stalker calling a different woman who lives in the same apartment who drives okay. her to throw herself out her window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, and, and then, and then ultimately in the end, he, he tries to set her up the exact same way. Yes. He starts haranguing her more. That's his MO. He can't, she can't get people to, uh, believe her. Uh, he sends her, she starts getting these packages from excursions unlimited and she gets a telescope and a swimsuit and all this odd stuff delivered to her house, um, as, as a way to kind of like get through to her and for, for him to affect her world. Um, there's a very interesting, the only shot that really worked in terms of creeping me out is after her first big day at work where she wrecks a television show. 
Yes. She goes back home to her brand new apartment and her door is unlocked and partially open. Yeah. And instead of turning around and going downstairs and telling her doorman or somebody what happened, she goes in the apartment, shuts the door behind her and goes, Mr. Burglar, I'm here. And starts (laughs) looking around and then she sees that somebody installed a telephone she walks to the telephone and she makes a call and then you see a man in black and a black mask just dart across the back of the screen and leave the apartment in a nice yeah. scare moment. It was well done. Yeah, that was awesome. <clears throat> that was my favorite part of the movie. Uh, but then she hears the door slam and then she goes, eh, must be ghosts. <laughs> She's a little too blasé about all of this up until the last well, 15 minutes. Well, she's a strong woman. She, like that's the angle, yeah, I think. I think something about and this this really does get into the idea of why made for TV movie was such a slander term for a long time. Oh yeah. Because watching this, I was thinking if this film was better shot, like more carefully lit and mm-hmm. a little bit more atmosphere and you had an actor and a better soundtrack a better soundtrack yeah that always helps horror and a, and a, and a lead actor who can just play a little more interiority than lauren hutton can yeah this would probably be you know a solid little paranoia thriller Instead, See, it just kind of looks like a, a very tense episode of Dallas. Yes, a long episode of a show. Like a long version of Alfred Hitchcock Presents yeah, or something, right. you know? And the the thing that I am... I'm starting to... It's starting to wear on me all watching all of these shows, like where you, you get to... You see the, the, the pattern, right? Where it's like... And and with Duel, they did it. Spielberg did it, but it worked well because I feel like even though there was a lot of repeat situations, it was done in a way that you it, the the tension was always heightened. You know, like it, it always felt like it was building. Like I feel like this is this, and I and a lot of them that are not well made. It's like. It's like okay, the the first scene is like oh she gets this letter and oh it's this what's this kooky letter then the next scene she gets a package and then she gets another package and it's just it's the same nothing like the stuff that happens to her is not any like scarier than the first thing that she did she got it's just that she's reacting more strongly to the same stuff and that's not the way you do this I don't think <laughs> you know I think. I think like there should have been more like maybe like something hurts her or something. I don't want to, you know, but you know, it's maybe like um, she sees him again or like there's more like building on this because, because then I'm just waiting for the end. I'm like, just get to the end. And it felt, this movie felt so long because I was like, just, I I know we're going to, I want to see who it is. And I don't know if there's a twist or if it's just a, a thing or she dies at the end or whatever. So just get there. I don't want. I don't need to see a, thirty letters being mailed to her house in thirty different scenes. <laughs> you know? I think part of it is her character never develops into anything. 
She gets more no. scared, but there's nothing revealed about her. She gets like a boyfriend through part yeah. of this. She goes to a bar and meets some guy and he figures in that really that plot just eats up time. It's not necessary. He's, well, he becomes the person who figures it all out because he's like a psychiatrist or something. But that would have been more interesting if Sophie had done that. Oh, I agree. Like, I, you don't I'm not need his character. That, like you have a best friend character already. And even like Lunkhead Steve, you could there's two things you need to do with Steve. You either need to have him be an annoying idiot, but he somehow helps, maybe even in spite of himself or because he likes her. And yeah. maybe it gets him killed or gets him yeah. hurt. Like um and Sophie is is the best friend, but really she just is kind of like the wisecracking and lesbian. She needs to kind of like be the Nancy <laughs> Drew character who breaks through. It's more tense if Sophie goes like figures out whose apartment it is and goes in and is attacked, and yeah. uh, Hutton hears her. Like that's right. It's more interesting if she's the one getting into danger, whereas. Hutton's like the strong one and it the fact that she gets so brave at the end which it was nice that she starts to regain the power mm-hmm. you know yeah but also it takes away from me feeling sorry for her in the sense that she's not scared as much and so I'm not like on this ride with her anymore and part, I think you're right. A lot of it is music because if you take the music, there's a million YouTube videos where if you replace the music with something else, all yeah. the all the tension goes out of a scene. But also, the camera work is just so flat. Like you'd think all the cameras were screwed to the ground. And if you have a person who's getting increasingly paranoid, if I'm just looking at you, like I'm sitting on the couch across from you, that doesn't get the idea of um, panic or breakdown. It's it's how I've always seen you. What you need to buy think, is a fisheye lens. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that uh, I think that's why that one scene was my favorite because I think before you see the guy jump out, mm. the first thing she's she's on the phone and she's by her window, and we already know that there's someone looking at her through a telescope, right? So they pan like you see like the entire like. Uh, other tower and and it's it slowly it looks like it's zooming out. It's, it looks like you're supposed to see the person in the telescope hmm. and then when they pull back they pan past her and then you see the person run by yeah and it was like this like total misdirect <clears throat> if i'm re- I, I don't remember if i'm combining two scenes but <laughs> i think that's how it was set up because i was thinking like oh man i would I was about to rewind mm-hmm. to see if I could see, and then the guy jumps out. You're about to be kind. Yeah, re- rewind and by re- and rewind. Yeah, there's a misdirect, <laughs> and also she has walked by the curtain, and then after the fact, you know that the guy was right by the right behind the curtain that she just walked by. Yeah, which is a scary idea if you live by oh, yourself and yeah. <laughs> somebody is hiding in a thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's why. I, that's what that, when that happened, I was like, "Oh, this movie's going to be awesome. It's going to be like tons of near misses," and it really wasn't. No, <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> they even remark on it, like they're like they're like 
like the the psychologist boyfriend's like he's you know he always he can't get too close he's always afar he always looks from afar like i'm like this sucks like he's just <laughs> always away, like far away like you know and then like the you know the point being that like he's actually not trying to murder her and these women he's trying to get them to kill themselves instead yes so like so like the, that's not that's an interesting idea but it's also not compelling to watch for an hour and a half no like you're right it's the same beat over and over again and then she goes to the police and the police arrest the wrong guy yeah <laughs> um which could have been i don't know it just somehow falls flat and then at the end how how does he come into her apartment? He's just there, right? She walks into the apartment and he has so, wired everything so it, it, the electricity goes out and he's hiding yeah. somewhere. And he's written a suicide note. And for, he's, for her. He's in for her. Yes. And I think he's just waiting for her to kind of lose her mind. And then she ends up baiting him, like being like, this isn't going to work. Like, I know you're in here kind of thing, you know? Yeah. She catches on. But I, I think like, I think what would have been more interesting is if when he calls her, he's like, he's threatening her with stuff where she has to do something, you know? Otherwise, mm. like the idea that like, she has she has to like go to the garage because of this cruise thing. Like, that's not like, you know, there's did, a reason why she never sees him. I did not. <laughs> it's not compelling. Understand. I guess we haven't talked about it. She gets. Oh, yeah, we did briefly. She starts getting all these letters from the supposed vacation cruise line. It's like this vacation yeah. cruise line has now sent you a telescope. <laughs> now they're sending, it doesn't. <laughs> I didn't understand how that was supposed to work. It was such a dumb scheme that doesn't pay off in any way. Really. This is, <laughs> It's not a misdirect. We know it's that's fake. That's what I mean. She knows it's fake. Right. And that's the whole thing. I, I just felt like there was no stakes for her. Like, like imagine, you know, getting a call and the guy's like, um, I have your friend Sophie. I need you, you know, you need to do this or they're going to die or something. You know, like something yes. where she's being forced to do something. And th that's more interesting because now the tension's there and you're you're thinking like, oh, what would I do? And but instead, yeah. it's like she's just like, oh, I wish this guy would stop pestering me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the extent until she finally, like, like whatever it was. I forget what the turning point was, or, but where she was just like, I can't do this or, you know. I, know. I guess at the end, he was going to throw her out the window. I don't think he was relying on her so to you think, jump out the window herself. You don't because think the, so? Like, I was... Didn't the lady... In the opening, jump herself. So they they said the the woman previously jumped, but I'm assuming that's because he also wrote a quote suicide note for her, threw her okay. out the window, and the police assumed it was a suicide, and he was going to do the yeah, same. Yeah, but thing remember, the windows were broken. The door the door was locked. The window door to, to the patio was locked. Yeah, she had he, to. She had to break the window to get through to go out to fall out the window or to fall off the balcony. So why would he make that so hard? 
to the extent. Oh, I mean, I mean, if you're looking for logic, unless, it's it's just dramatic yeah. looking that he would shove somebody through a plate glass window. Unless he was like, oh, she hasn't. Well, I guess how would she get through the window if she was supposed to kill herself and she's locked in and all? All yeah, I don't know. Well, it, if you're it, maybe, be I that- guess it makes more sense. If you're gonna be that dramatic about your suicide that you're jumping out your apartment window, you you get a big running start and then you barrel through the window <laughs> closed like a torpedo. Yes. you like you you, you 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 flatten your body and your arms roll close to you and you just headbutt. Geronimo, <laughs> <And launch. laughs> cruel world. <laughs> but torpedo. In- <laughs> instead. Uh, they wind up smashing the window, uh, and he's trying to shove Lauren Hutton onto the street, but she grabs a piece of the glass that is stuck in the window, which I, uh-huh. I, I have to admit, I didn't understand what she was reaching for because I, I assume that it <laughs> it's a piece of the glass that is in the window frame. Like it's a jagged piece, but I would assume that in a window it's not just resting there for you to pluck it out. It's glued no. in there somehow. But she just reaches up yeah. and takes that piece of glass and jams it into this guy's neck. I kept thinking like, oh, she's going to reach for it and it's going to cut her. Yeah. You know, like, right. and then we're going to see that. Like this scene, this scene would have, you know, had a little bit more, uh, would have been more tense if it didn't feel like they just kept looping the footage. Of her being pushed. Boy, oh boy. So she reaches for the glass and then she's pushed away. And then she's reaching for that glass. Ah, oh, she's pushed away. And she's reaching for the glass. She gets it. <laughs> but it's like four or five times before she actually gets it. Before you, yes. And it's three three times before you understand that that's what she's trying to do. But it looks cool. The shot looks cool how she's like, her foot's up against the balcony. Like it was hard to, it was a little hard to like, uh, like visual, like figure out exactly the the head sp- the the space of the area, but but it looked cool how it was like overhead, yeah, of her yeah. falling or yeah, Carpenter knows how to make uh, a low budget effect look pretty good. Oh, we should say yeah. that the guy who um is wrongfully arrested for stalking her is uh, Len Lesser, who plays Uncle Leo on Seinfeld. It was fun seeing yes. him young, but still looking old. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, uh, by the way, that scene where they have her, uh, where they're looking over her as she's being pushed out the window, it, it, it reminded me of an exhibit in the Alfred Hitchcock area at Universal Studios. Or I can't remember if it was there or MGM Studios, where you get to put yourself in the frame of one of the movies. Yes, and, and you're like looking down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the camera's above you or whatever. It looks like that's what you would be doing. You'd be sitting there and you're going, hey, and you're smiling, going, ah. <laughs> if memory serves, I think that was in the MGM Studios backlot tour when you're seeing the making yeah. of Bette Midler's The Lottery, that short <laughs> yeah. film that they show you that, with Bette Midler. <laughs> That uh, that didn't that uh, win a Pulitzer Prize? <laughs> yeah, yes, it was published in a newspaper first. It won a Pulitzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and and there, I had Nobel a Nobel as well. I think it was nominated for a Nobel. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did have. Uh, it did create peace in the Middle East for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't remember if it was at Universal Studios or or MGM because um, there was like an Alfred Hitchcock thing where yes. you got to play like you're the guy falling but i yeah that that's I, 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 i'll get back to you <laughs> was that one of those things that I'll has just, my least favorite premise which is the host of the show comes out there and he's like well we need to get started but our lead actor is missing uh, who, who out there <laughs> likes the movies who out there wants to be in a movie and they like they bring a they bring a dad to embarrass up. <laughs> they put him against a green screen. <laughs> they put him in a hula skirt or something. This is how you laugh, but that's actually how Tom Cruise was cast in Cocktail. Oh, or, I mean in uh, in yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They they ran out yeah. of the studio and said we our lead actor <laughs> is missing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the um. That was Cocktail, right? Where he does the take those old records off the shelf. No, that's, that? that's risky business. Risky business. Are you saying he was, walking was around with, with, he was walking around with no pants? They said, hey, kid, get in yeah, here. Yeah, and he had a... Matthew Broderick has the, the flu. The they, they filmed that first. They filmed that scene first of the movie. Sure. <clears throat> and yeah, he, they said, kid, get in here. He, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm on my way to... Uh, a pants fitting. Priest school. <laughs> a pants fitting. <laughs> Wasn't he going to be a priest? Wasn't that, wasn't that his Cruise? story at one point? Yeah, I think he was like, at some point he was like thinking about becoming a priest or something. Hold on, let me see here. Look this up. I don't know. Uh, yes, that, and I, I got to say, that's my favorite premise for an attraction. <laughs> Especially as a kid, because I'm all, I am a uncontrollable ham. Sure. And in the theme park audience business <laughs> and uh, you better believe I did my best I wasn't laughing while I was on camera I was doing those sounds just perfectly what uh what show were you called up for um I think it was the one did they do it with the earthquake show at Universal, did they do it for that one? Oh, probably. Gosh, I get it all. Yeah, all those old movie theme parks used to just drag people on stage before you got on the ride and <laughs> showed you how to, they all showed you how a green screen worked. Everybody there was yeah, a licensed that's... green screen technician. <laughs> By the time they left the park, they'd seen so many uh, uh, people demonstrating it. Okay, Tom Cruise was training to become a Catholic priest. However, Cruz yep. left his training when he was caught stealing from his school. Oh, no. He was attending a Franciscan seminary in Cincinnati, Ohio. See? That's what happened. He stole a broom. On the, and on the way, they kicked him out. And he had this broom while he was walking by the set for Risky Business. And they're like, kid, Matthew Broderick is sick, like he said. Get out here and play the guitar on this broom. He has a broom. No, he doesn't have a broom. Does he, he does has he have a, broom a uh, he, I believe he has a, a trophy. Oh, wait, you know what? Hand? I think I'm thinking of the Say by the Bell parody. Oh, my of- God. 
of of this. <laughs> oh Lord, is this a Zach Morris or is this a Slater? Uh, it's Slater, Zach, and Screech. They're at Screech's house. The parents are away. He's not supposed to have a party, but he does. He has his friends over. The girls show up. Uh, a couple nerds show up. They start betting on poker, and they lose their mom's dog named Hound Dog because they are fans of Elvis. And they have to get the dog back before the parents come home. Sure. Lots of stuff going on in this episode. <laughs> yeah, a lot of twists and turns. And of course, Old Time Rock and Roll, my favorite Elvis song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really worked out. Um, you love to take records... Off the shelf? Off the shelf, don't you? Yeah, don't you put them that. on the shelf. I want them. <laughs> That's your problem. You're like, I've got books on these shelves. I don't need records. No, here. just don't take me to a disco. <laughs> That'll never get yeah. me out on the flow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wh- uh, uh, so. Um, That's maybe one the, of my uh, least favorite songs of all time, by the way, is all time rock and roll. Because the message of the song is that? don't listen to anything new. Everything new sucks. Just listen to whatever you heard in high school. It's every d- dumbass I've ever met in my life. Who Is that sings George Thorogood or something? Oh, who sings that? It's Seeger. Just take those old records. Bob Seeger. Seeger. Can't you know, take I, Bob Seeger. I look. I love those rides. I my I I'll, I'll never forget the oh, um this the conversation you are really hanging. ratcheting back yes, and forth. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back on these rides. I really want this to be a um, a companion piece to podcast the ride. <laughs> um, but uh, no, you're you're on the merry-go-round. You're, you're being swung around, and then someone has a foot that they're pushing with a stick to knock you off from that famous Alfred Hitchcock movie where someone is hanging off a merry-go-round. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? That's on this the Alfred movie. Hitchcock. What is that movie? I, 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 yeah, the Alfred Hitchcock Experience. I don't think it was called that. <laughs> it was the, the all new Alfred Hitchcock Experience. Uh, Strangers on a Train. Yeah, is that it? I, I, it's the one with the merry-go-round. <laughs> I didn't know that they, they, yeah. So they put somebody on a green screen and they recreated that scene and they had a foot on a stick and they were trying to kick the guy. Is that <laughs> yeah. what happens? Yeah, and it looks so funny because when you're doing it, the foot's like just twisting, so it looks like at one point the foot's upside down when you're watching the video playback because whoever's doing it is just like, just like twisting and pushing and. <laughs> And you know you're trying not to actually hit hit whoever's hanging on. Sure, those were so fun. Yeah, those were so fun, and you hate those. I didn't hate it. I I got called into stage for uh, a super was it superstar television, where you got green okay. screened into famous TV shows, and I played the millionaire from Gilligan's Island. Oh my gosh, you you probably just rocked it. I mean, <laughs> I I almost got uh, or or yeah. Wait. Or were you up there going? <sighs> no, of Mom course not. Why'd you bring me on this? Like they pushed you up there. Oh, Nathan, what do you think? <laughs> How much encouragement do you think I needed at thirteen? When they said, "Are there any volunteers you want to be on TV today?" I was like, "Maestro, if you please." 
<laughs> There's no business like show business. <laughs> it's a hard knock. <laughs> I gave them my headshot. I said I can uh, do some stage fighting in accents of all kinds. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell him you prefer to do the uh, song in ac- D major? Yes, I, I gave them yeah. my scale. You, s- you said accents of all kinds, but mostly of minorities. <laughs> I said, <laughs> when, whenever, uh, 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 what's his name, dies, I'm going to take over for Apu. Apu? Yeah. Oh. oh. When Harry Shearer yeah. kicks the bucket, I'm taking over for Apu and yeah. uh, uh-huh. Carl and all the other uh, characters. Yeah, the all the others. And all the others. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, this movie. <laughs> so, someone's watching me. Uh, we really were eager to get somebody, into a play-by-play. Some, yeah. Someone's. Someone's watching me. Wait, it's somebody. No. Someone. It's somebody's watching me. Okay, hold on. Look it up. Look it up, bitch. Some. No, look, I just looked it up. Somebody's watching me. 1978. Oh, there's someone. <laughs> 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 why, 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 why have I been so misled? Because you're thinking, I always feel like somebody's <laughs> watching me. <laughs> I seriously kept thinking, man, it sucks to try and find this movie because that dumb song is at the top of the list of every Google search. <laughs> I did the same thing. I could not for the life of me remember that it was someone's watching me because... Why would you name your movie that when it could be somebody's watching me? Someone's watching me is not a good title. Somebody's watching me is an no. okay title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now the guy who plays um the Herbert Styles is the um killer, right? Uh, I believe so. Is that guy anyone? George He's a nobody. Scaff. He's a nobody. He's a big, fat nobody. He died a nobody. I guess. Let's see. Um, I always feel like no, nothing. watching me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, that like, how much... How much did Michael Jackson... How much was he involved in that? Just the chorus? Yeah. Or did he write it too? Wait, doesn't said, it yeah. sound like he wrote it? It really sounds like he has a hand in it, doesn't it? It because it, it sounds course, like such a companion also, to thriller. It sounds like someone. Yeah, I think. Oh, so you think? I think this I've, was a throwaway. Yes, because I think I've I listened to that whole album, and that's the only good song. It's like the Jackson Five uh, Victory album, and the only good song is "Can You Feel It," which Michael Jackson wrote. Um, God, you can, yeah, everyone, so. everyone, everyone listening, you can tell when we don't care about digging too deep into a special because we will start talking about theme parks and Michael Jackson instantly. <laughs> Anything else. Anything else. <laughs> but mostly those two things. <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty like, common it's like, thread. It's really common. <laughs> <laughs> there, what is the... 
You what? know why? Okay. Because what? you're the only person I know who wants to talk about those things as much as me. <laughs> I have no one else in life who is who thinks about these things just sitting at work all the time. <laughs> I, I I have another Michael Jackson friend. Mm. Uh, oh, but uh, oh, I've been okay. cheating on you. <laughs> that's that's fine. But uh, you're well, right. Me too. Like, I think. Uh, me parks. too. Jeremy likes Michael Jackson. <laughs> nice try, Hotshot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, I think yeah, you are the you and my wife are the people who I go to for all of my theme park needs. <laughs> but uh, I go for you, go to you for the nerdy stuff, and to her just for the nostalgic stuff. Sure. <laughs> So for good feelings, you go to your wife for a technical how dissection. How many, to- <laughs> how many times did you go to Disney when you were a kid? Well, every other year we went down to visit my parents' parents in Florida. And okay. it was... Wait, wait, wait. Your parents' parents. That's <laughs> that's what you called them. <laughs> Did you call? Did you call I your said, grandpa your dad? Dad. When I when I saw them, I would say, "Mother's mother, father's father." <laughs> Have you brought me boiled sweets? Boiled sweets. What's a boiled sweet? Okay, what you know, is like, a boiled sweet? Like hard hard candies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? If we still called them boiled sweets, I think they do in England. I think they call them boiled. No, sweeties. they don't say boiled. Yeah, they do say sweets. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I've, I've heard people say boiled sweets in uh, BBC shows. Better be careful, boys. You guys are treading on some some pretty racist grounds right it's now. It's like how they call sprinkles <laughs> hundreds and thousands. Yes, I know that they say hilarious they call stuff trucks? all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they call them Larrys. I know. Uh, wait, Lori, right? <laughs> yes. Wait, hold on. What? I'm, okay, I'm, I'm just right. being dumb. I know they say. I know they say lolly. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of uh, sucker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Want to get into English entomology, <laughs> but um, no. So you would go down to Florida, yeah, and then so you would always go to Disney. Whatever you'd visit your your parents' parents, so your pop pop. <laughs> normally, what would happen when I saw my mother's mother and my father's father is, uh, and of course their spouses. I yeah. <laughs> my parents would say we're not gonna go this year, and then by the end of it, my parents were so like stir crazy after being with their parents for so long that they were like, "We're going to Disney." <laughs> they just drive there, and I knew if I kept my mouth shut, my yeah. chances were pretty good. <laughs> so not every time, but it was uh, okay. It was always a hope. It was always a little hope in the back of my brain. Uh, but so, you, so you did go a lot of times then. Okay, I went. I got. I got lucky for for the amount of times I got to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Same here. Anyways, I just was wondering, like, it was is your love of theme park of the Disney theme parks. 
based on your want to have, you know, the amount of like research you did as a kid because you wanted to go or because you actually did go a lot. And so you were able to pull from that. You know, it was just going to a, a, a created universe and it was, you know, it just, yeah. it's, it was so complete and those kind of things exist more now. Um, and they just didn't then. So going there was, was just, you know, I, I loved it. I loved building stuff. I loved everything about it. Uh, I loved old movies. So when they made MGM studios, I was oh, like, yeah. Oh, validation. I can see footlight parade. I can see robots reenacting footlight parade while I go by <laughs> on a boat. So somebody's watching you were, me like super cool in high school, right? <laughs> You know, I reinvented myself in high school and I kept all that stuff on deep background. <laughs> That's the great thing all about right, going yeah. from, so, from uh, homes- 1978. Yes, from homeschool to public school is people didn't know you in your past. Oh, oh what a gift. He was always the coolest yes. guy to me. <laughs> yeah. That's why the nice. first day of high school, I slid in no pants, had a trophy in my hand. Yeah. Singing that Bob Seger. And you said, and you just had a tie wrapped around your head. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, Principal Skinner, eat my dust, man. <laughs> and everyone loved you for the rest of your life there. That's right. <laughs> so, so should yeah, people watch uh, this? I, I, yeah. This, huh? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Skip it. I, I don't. I don't think you have to watch this one. <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Like, if you're a John Car- Carpenter buff, you might see something in it and be like, "Oh yeah, that's a John Carpenterism or something." It certainly won't be the music. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's just another. If you took away the fact that John Carpenter directed it, it would be another woman in peril movie and. Boy, are there a lot yeah. of woman in peril movies on the TV movie roster. Um, so good well, you know, him. they just want to be saved. <laughs> Women just want to be saved. That's why we. That's why they love these kinds of movies. So I'm glad Halloween was made. I'm glad it was a hit, and we got other stuff from him. But uh, I think unless you are a diehard yes, completist, you don't need to. You don't need to check this out. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it, right? I don't think I have any new Michael Jackson news. We can talk about the 50th anniversary <laughs> celebration of Magic Kingdom, of course, when the microphones go off and our Patreon starts. Uh, not really. Um, oh, and don't forget everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget by Don't forget to give out lots and lots of Tootsie Rolls to your trick-or-treaters if you haven't already passed. If trick-or-treating hasn't already passed <laughs> by the time this airs. Good note. And don't also don't forget to give out five-star reviews to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. I want to see them. I want those. I prefer the fruit-flavored ones. I want to see those Starbucks, <laughs> not the coffee kind. I want the little star buckaroonies yes. that go into my bank account every time somebody leaves a five-star review for us. So oh, get yeah. out there and spread the good news of network special. You also get money. You also get money if you give us a five star review from from Apple. Now, now we actually may be getting into weird legal territory. 
<laughs> I can't promise. I can't promise that Apple will pay people for five star reviews of our podcast. There we go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Producer Jeremy, any closing thoughts you want to give us on our way out? Any words of wisdom as we end this at eleven p.m. at night? Trick oh. or treat. Oh, smell my feet. Uh huh. Give us five star okay. reviews to read. To oh, that read. almost. Nice. <laughs> Good afternoon. Yes. <laughs> From Medea's mouth and to God's ears. <laughs> yes. All right, everyone. We love you. Have a good Halloween if you haven't already. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.